And welcome back to another exciting episode of Who Gives a Hoot. Uh, Pierce is taking a break because I guess he got married or something. Um, so he, yeah, I know. So he's off celebrating that and took the night off. But I am here. I am producer Pat. And alongside me is Luke. Luke, how you doing, buddy? I am doing fantastic. I'm glad you're doing fantastic because I am feeling frustrated. Well, frustrated this team. No, no. See, they got their losses out of the way. We're done with that. We're moving on. We got Richmond coming up this weekend. Who? Big game. Huge you game. Know what? You know what we're going to do those kickers? We're going to kick them to the side. <laughs> we we're we're gonna we're just gonna take this. Uh, New England has only beaten two teams, us and Greenville. Just saying. Screw it. If you thought if you looked at the standings last week, they, they would have been the top two teams. Yeah, yeah. My gosh. Now one of them is uh, Chattanooga. Hopefully, is going to be banned from the league for breaking ribs. Uh, just reckless attacks on our players um, and no lights. I mean, seriously, no lights. 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. This is 2020. How do you build a stadium without lights? How do you not have lights before you build the stadium? Right. Like, like I don't know who I don't know who they hired for their electrician, but probably shouldn't hire them back. See, I, I, if you follow Parliament social media. Uh, which do at your own discretion, you may have noticed that there's been a Friday pickup game. I've been playing in that Friday pickup game. Last Friday, we were playing until after sundown because there were lights on the field. There were lights that lit it up for TV quality. It was a great experience. We've got to play extra long. We got to play, even though there was a little bit of a delay because we didn't quite have enough people to start. So, Delayed, started, played a full game. So on a scale of one to ten, how do you, how does your pickup team compare to Union Omaha? Mm, well, my pickup team, pretty terrible. <laughs> um, right, let, let's just say I'm on that team, so pretty terrible. Okay, so you lose like fifteen to nothing. Gotcha. Uh, no, no, fifteen to nothing. Like that. That'd be that'd be a good game. <laughs> I, I'm I'm thinking we're we're a solid twenty to nothing. Although I'm gonna knock my team. I'm gonna knock Union Omaha a little bit. I think my pickup team can finish better. Oof! I can't I can't disagree with you there. Uh, that that game against New England was probably the roughest finishing. I've ever seen from Union Omaha. And granted, we had a couple oh. of really close calls. No, no. But Austin Bonzo got a goal. But I said this in the last reaction pod that I was in, and I will say it again. The number one problem with Union Omaha is our finishing. You cannot tell me that between Ethan Vanacore Decker, between Evan Conway, between Elma, between Christian Molina, between Devin Boyce, between all of our tack that none of them can finish. I can. You can't tell me. You can't tell I, me. I can tell you that because we're 10 games in and we've had nine goals. Okay, that's fair. But so look at some goals. of those. 
But look at some of those games we've had recently, you know. We mm. haven't been able to score until, like, the 70th minute. And I'm sorry, but, it, like, we're coming on the field fresh in the first half. You'd think we'd be able to get at least one. Mm. Very disappointed we did not get any late-season signings to add to our offensive capabilities. Um, I know the team may have been looking, but nothing was able to get solidified before – Rosters had to be finalized that Friday the 18th. Was it 18th? Yeah, 18th. Yeah, 18th at 5 p.m. Eastern. And we were unable to to get any new signings by then. How well here's I'm gonna challenge you though, Luke, because even though we didn't get add anybody new, we technically still have somebody new coming in. Well, you know, we're recording this on Monday, and later tonight, I am due to meet our very first signing. Our very first signing. Our very that first signing. still yet to come to our team, but he is our first signing. I, I have, well, to, to be fair, we've met him. You and I have met him. Yes, oh, we, have met him on the, we have met him on the live pod. Yep. Uh, we, he's, you can see his interview up on our YouTube, uh, Tobias Otienio is arriving in Omaha tonight. It's fantastic. He's a great number six. I'm excited to see what sort of energy he can bring. What I know he's going to be hungry to prove himself, uh, in to this team coming in late, not having played in eight months, but being able to, uh, he has been able to train with his old team, Gormaya, in the Kenyan Premier League, luckily. So he's not out of shape. He's hungry. He's got a four or five games left to prove. And I I expect big things. So do you want to hear do you want to hear my my prediction on this, Luke? Uh, so he is hot take. hot take pack coming in. Um so we have this Saturday, we are at home against Richmond. Then after that, Wednesday, September 30th, we are away at Fort Lauderdale. Sorry, where? We are away. So the oh, next home game after that is going to be October 3rd. That's the game that I believe Toby is going to make his appearance on. No. You don't think so? I – if he truly – has been training the way he says. I see him as a late game sub on Saturday. You see, I could see him as a late a late game sub on Wednesday against Fort Lauderdale, but Maybe. I just have a sneaky suspicion that it's going to take him just a little bit of time to get together with the squad and build that cohesion. Because again, he's. I mean, granted, when we talked to him, he was out in uh, he was out in Kenya but he was still able to have Zoom calls with the team. So he's, yep. he kind of knows everybody, but he doesn't really know their playing style, I think. No. So I think it's probably going to take it's probably going to take him a week, you know, to start getting it, getting to gel together with the team. Uh, but I think Wednesday I we could see him coming in maybe in like the 60th minute. But again, we know we all know Jay doesn't sub in the 60th minute. So, you know, but I do think he'll be a late sub coming in, maybe that game, but actually starting in the starting eleven come October third. Maybe. I I think him coming in 
It's going to be a late game sub against Richmond, probably in Jay fashion, like the 90th minute. Um, Cause Jay does that, but just get him in, get him on the field, get him to hear the fans in his ears. No, realize that there is a fan base here that's excited to see him and, and excited to get everything going. But ultimately, we're, we're not going to know until he actually lands. That's true. That is true. He is coming tonight. Uh, hopefully, he can change this funk around in the team. But speaking of the team as a whole, I've got a, I've got a job for you, Luke. i got to ask you these questions. You know, we are 10 games into the season. We only have six more left before, we des- before it all comes down to who's going to play in that championship game. What what things would you like to see Union Omaha change? And if you had to give an overall grade to the season. What would I like to see change? Mm, I'd like to see Juan Mari find the goal. He I think everyone so in League One Unfiltered would say the same question. So close. So many times. And I, I know he's got it in him. There, there's something, something there. Um, I would love to see Sebas get a goal, another one, and not from penalty spot. I want to see him get one from distance. Uh, and I'd like to see EVD get like 10 more assists. Yeah. Uh, right now, as it stands, I'd give us a C. Really? You would give us a C? I'd give us a C. Um. But by the end of the season, I'm going to give us an A+. Okay. So one thing that I would like to change, and this, and this is really not out of the control of Union Omaha, but I would really like to see better refs. I know that you, the, you most typical thing, the most typical thing you could do is blame the refs for a game. Right. I understand it's a very petty argument, it's a very petty take, but if any of you saw the game against New England, you were pulling your hair out over how bad the refereeing was. Uh, you were pulling your hair out. And if we could just get one more good ref, just one more good ref, I think we will get back on track and I think we're going to get out of this funk. You edit the pod, so you know my hot take from the, the post game. Yes. And WSL is back in session. That's where all the good refs went. I, re- I mean, Well, if that's where all the good refs went, then I really, truly hope that one of them makes a comeback because, my gosh, that was the worst referee. And, again, this is third third-tier soccer, right? I understand we're not getting the cream of the crop. But you would still think that even not getting the cream of the crop that we have all of our refs trained the same way. All of the refs know the same rules according to the United States Soccer Federation. So you would think that of the foul that was on Ethan Vanacore Decker late in the game would not have been a foul. So just to wrap it up, uh, if I were to give Union Omaha a grade, I would be giving them a B plus because even though we have lost our last two games, we also went undefeated up to that point as a club in history. So B plus to me, C to Luke, 
let's hope things really change for Richmond kickers. But now we're going to welcome on a very good friend of the pod, very good uh, recurring guest. Actually, I think he's the second most recurring guest. Is he second? Um, I think he's first. No, because I think Matt's taking the cake on that one. Maybe, uh, maybe. I'll have to, I'll no, have to look no. back. I think it's I think it's close. No, because um, uh, Gary came on uh, for YouTube. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you do have to count the YouTube. So yeah, he would be our most recurring guest, uh, Gary Green, friend of the pod, uh, very good friend of the pod. Uh, you know, we had a great conversation with him, and we're really hoping all of you guys take a listen and enjoy the conversation like we did. <laughs> Hey guys, before we get to the interview, I want to talk to you guys about Global Scarves. Global Scarves is the premier supplier of custom soccer scarves, beanies, blankets, and other great fan merchandise. They have the lowest pricing to maximize your fundraising needs and to produce at the highest quality in Europe, where soccer was born. They know the product, and they know what it means to put that scarf on for match day. They work tirelessly to make sure that you are outfitted to support your club. Email Global Scarves now to find out more information on the process or to get a free design mock-up for your group or club at kyle at globalscarves.com. I'd like to welcome on Gary Green, CEO and owner of Union Omaha. Gary, how are we doing today? Doing great. Doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing good. The sun is shining. It's uh, not raining here in Omaha, and I'm sh- hopefully the weather is going to be the same for you in New York right now. Oh, it's perfect here in New York City. And, you know, I, I usually don't pay attention so much to the weather in Omaha in September because the baseball season is over <laughs> the first week of September. So, yeah, I, I didn't realize how beautiful it is in there in September. Um, so I'm looking forward to uh, the weather this Saturday night. And it seems like every game we've had has been perfect weather. Yeah, no, I, I think we had the, the worst weather we had was the very first game. So it was the last time you were there. Uh, and we, we had the rain delay and we ended up with a win. So if you want to, if you want to bring some bad weather, but we end up with a win, go for it. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that night. That was, that was, that, that was, that was a great that, night. So I'll take it. I'll that, take it. I was, uh, I, I remember my memory of that night was I got caught in the downpour and I was in the dugout and the only place not to get soaked. And I was in my three piece suit. The only place <laughs> not to get soaked was the dugout bathroom. So I, I went in there and they were like, a dozen people in this small bathroom and I was like, Oh, I'm dry. And then I'm like, wait, COVID, I got to get out. Of here. <laughs> so, so, so I ran out, got soaked and, you know, getting, getting soaked was, was the better alternative than getting COVID. Luckily nobody got COVID and, you know, but yeah, for a moment I kind of forgot about it. And then uh, that was uh, that was a funny memory. <laughs> now that I didn't get COVID. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's been one one blessing with the season so far is everyone seems very COVID responsible, except maybe that first game with that downpour and everybody rushing to cover and huddling as close as possible before the mask mandate was there. Yeah, 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 that was, uh, we've, done a good, we've done a good job and there's been no uh, COVID cases tracked to any of the games, which is a relief. None, the players have been great and nobody's gotten COVID and they've kept to the rules. They're actually, you know, the USL players keep to the rules much better than Major League Baseball or NBA players. So um pretty proud of that. No, it definitely seems like our guys are taking everything very seriously. But let let's let's break into into this a little bit. Uh th- we're obviously more than halfway through the season. Um as of right now, we're coming off a, a couple losses and 
you know, there have been, with a shortened season, everything coming very rapidly towards towards that final there. I believe uh, it's going to be October 30th or 31st um, for the for the final. Uh, with with that, we at the beginning of the season before before COVID, before everything, there was a lot of talk with the USLPA, um, and obviously over the course of the season, it hasn't really gone away. But have you been involved at all with the negotiations with the players' union uh, for USL One? I will be, um, and I have a lot of uh, experience with uh, dealing with the unions in New York City. Um, and you know, when the season's over, I'll sit down with the USL and, and we'll, we'll get into it. And, and, um, I'd love to help out with, with my union experience here in New York. It, with, with that, I mean, obviously this is a very, um, I, I'm different than, you know, you're necessarily your normal trade union, but as you're also housing these players and everything, um, it, our, the league generally feeling um, it doesn't seem like there's been any hostile relations or anything. It's just COVID happened and everything. Um, no, off the, yeah, the bargaining agreement. Yeah, no, it, it's been friendly. I mean, it's it's been friendly. I think there's a good spirit of cooperation. I think that uh, that everybody realizes what's happening this year and you know, how much money the teams are losing yeah. um, due to COVID and. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think there's a spirit of cooperation, as and that's everything I've heard, and and you know I believe that will continue. So we're we're kind of now halfway through the season. We've kind of gone through, you know, and we've looked at all the procedures and we're following all the procedures from COVID and the bargaining agreement that's happened with that. Is there one thing in that you would want you would have wanted changed now that you've kind of seen everything in action? Is there one thing I would want to see changed? Um, no, I mean, I think that I think that with the limited crowds, it allowed us to have kind of like a, a soft opening season instead of, you know, hit the ground running. So uh, I believe that uh, without COVID, uh, we would have had 8,000 8, or announced 9,000 fans on Saturday nights, uh, sellouts. And, and I think that we would have done five to six uh, weekdays um, or maybe more. I, I think that um, you know, how the potential that this had, that, that we saw attendance-wise, um, is is would have been very real. I mean, we're we're selling out three thousand tickets in a in a COVID situation. So um, yeah, so I think that it that we I think we've made a lot of good decisions. Uh, we we've um, you know the branding, which is so easy to get wrong, and it scared it scared the shit out of me to get that wrong. Um, and, and I've said that before. It's uh, it it sounds like fun, but most teams get it wrong. And and when you do, the fans let you know it. And um, so very happy about that. Very happy with the way we laid out the field. There was a lot of agony over that, um, whether it should be east, west, or north, south. Um, very happy with you know the pricing of the tickets. We made it so that it was affordable, so that people could could buy season tickets and. Um, so yeah, as I go through the checklist in my mind of your question, um, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't change anything except for COVID of course. And, <laughs> and if we, and if there was no COVID, I could tell you those first couple of games would have been mayhem, you know, would have been, would have been nuts. Just, you know, trying to, trying to get everything right. And, you know, the soccer 
business and the soccer system of, of doing things is so so much different than baseball that um you know the learning curve would have been steep and fast so um yeah so i i wouldn't have, i wouldn't have changed anything now with with covid happening obviously minor league baseball didn't happen this season um and you're you're invested in omaha for a little bit longer in the year because of soccer um as you said Paying attention to those uh, before recording, paying attention to that September weather uh, a little bit more. Um, with, with that, holding the contracts for your players through this whole whole season, how how is that different in the way you look at managing uh, as the CEO of the team and going year to year with the, with this team? Um, how, how is holding those contracts for the players rather than having a parent um, – well, not a parent of, uh, team, but, no, your affiliated team holding the contracts sure. for your players? Yeah, so I'm wrapping my head around that. It's, it's a lot different. Um, it's a lot different. The, the Royals employed the players, and it's really our job to make sure they – they, they feel at home, but, but, uh, but ultimately, you know, it's their players. If, if we ask them to do community work, it's, it's more like, okay, you know, it's up to them if they want to do it. And, and, you know, as far as the wins and losses on the field, like when we won the national championship in 13 and, and, and 14, and the Royals won in 15, it was so much fun. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, we, you know, I hired, I hired Jay and Jay put together the team. So, I feel responsible through Jay um, if we win or if we lose and, and winning, winning and losing in, in soccer. Um, it's just, it, it hits the losses hurt more. The wins feel better. And, and on the baseball side, I love to win too. Um, but we're not really responsible for that part. We're responsible for making sure we provide the right environment and the right and the right um, uh, uh, facility for the for the Royals and and I love being part of the Royals organization because it's it's being part of something bigger than us and and it's a family organization that feels very Midwest and and um, um, I'm involved with the Tampa Bay Rays and they kind of have that same family feeling uh to it and i've been involved with some other major league teams and they definitely don't have that so um it's a special experience working with the rays and the royals they make you feel part of a family that you know you're a part of the the union omaha family we're like we're like the parents the grandparents <laughs> of the family and it's just it's it's probably i guess i'm saying in a circular way it's um it's they're both a big responsibility but I guess the responsibility is more squarely on our shoulders with this because we are, we're responsible for winning and losing. So, so I guess going off of that, I mean, as you said, it's more of like parental grandparent or organization. Like you, you are constantly thinking about what's going on here. What do your game days look like? I mean, you're, you're out there in New York city. COVID's obviously a thing, you know, you're not uh, pulling in, uh, all your closest friends into in into a large watch party probably and like what what are you doing on on the game days uh first thing i'm doing is regretting not being in omaha <laughs> first of all um and uh so we have had some watch parties i've had you know a dozen people set up the big 20-foot screen and the 
in the backyard. And that's been so much fun. Um, but really, you know, sit down, have, uh, have a glass of wine, um, pint and, and sit and watch and, and, you know, write down questions and that I'll have for Matt or that I'll have for Jay. And, you know, just being a student of the game, uh, I'm really getting familiar with our players and, uh, and when, what they're doing. And it, it, it's emotional. It's emotional when the game was over this past Saturday, you know, Sunday was, it was a depressing day for me. We, you know, we lost it. It hits hard. And, um, and, and so it, it's just, it's, it's that, but I'm, I'm flying out to um, Omaha on Saturday. I'm going to come to the game, have breakfast with Jay on Sunday morning. And, um, and I really look forward to that. I really enjoy it. And I enjoy I enjoy that part. I'll, I'll be with you guys having a drink by gate two um, and really uh, not being with the, not being with the fans really, really hurts. You know, for me, I, I really enjoy that. I enjoy that on the baseball side and, and on the, on the soccer side. And, and I've said this in baseball interviews, you, you don't, don't own a team because you love the sport own a team because you love the fans of the sport, because that's more important than you loving the sport. And, and, um, and the soccer fans are different. You know, you guys are tricky. <laughs> you guys are tricky and, and vocal and, and crazy. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I enjoy the energy. So to kind of go off what you said, Gary, I mean, we've, you know, we've kind of had a little bit of a rough spell with this team. You know, we've gone 0-2 in our la- you know, last two games here. But we've also had a lot of success before this. And leading up to that unfortunate Chattanooga game, we were undefeated. When you started this project and you started building what, you know, what we are today, did you ever think that we were going to be in a chance to have an undefeated season? No, not, not at all. Um, You know, we were, we're a year late to the league. Everybody had a year to put their systems together and, 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 um, and get ready. And just so much credit to, to coach for, for putting together this, this great group of players that mesh so well together. And a lot of kudos to the players for sitting around in a city that, that uh, virtually all of them had never been, been in and sitting around and waiting to play the game they love. Um, they, they obviously grew close as a unit. They play as a unit. And, um, and it's, uh, it's just really credit to them, credit to Jay for putting together such a great group of guys. And, um, you know, when Jay came uh, and we were talking about, you know, his taking the position here and he said, look, I just, all I ask of you is that I want to create the culture on the team. I don't want to, I don't want to have players that uh, from, you know, an MLS team that we have a deal with that, that, you know, send their players and I'm forced to use them. I want to create the culture. And I said, you got it. You got no matter no matter what, it's your culture. You create the culture and the team, and clearly he's great at it because in spite of what we've done the past two games, we we reeled off a real great run, and there were some close games, and there were games that we came back, and you know, it all starts with the leadership at the top. So you know, I'm uh, I'm, I'm I'm surprised at how well we've been doing, but. Now I'm I'm not surprised because I realize I see you know what a great job that that Jay does and the leaders of our team do as well. Well, Gary, I, I mean one thing to to make your you feel a little bit more at ease is the first game we lost we had uh, Dami got a broken rib so it took another team breaking bones to to make us lose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. 
So it's a, the, these guys are putting everything on the line for, for the team, for the club, for the city. And that, that's something we definitely appreciate. Uh, yeah. And, and, and look, with no sports going on right now, you know, it's, it's them, you know, the focus yeah. is, is on us and the team and, and our fans and the players. And, and that's, uh, that's exciting, but it's, it's extra pressure in a city that they're new to. So, you know, hats off to them for, for doing as well as they've done. Well, I, I think new to the city, but the city has received this team exceptionally well, even in a COVID year. Um, the second you announce that you've released a few hundred more tickets because of slight easing and COVID restrictions for the state of Nebraska, uh, two days later, they're all sold out. Like there, there's, there's a hunger in this community to, to get all of these guys the support behind them uh, to get this team to be an Omaha team and, and to come back, uh, win, win that cup, win that ship, win that boat. Now we're, we're behind them, you know, through the wins, through the losses um, and, and ready to, ready to support them on and off the pitch. But here's, here's what I have to ask. Have to ask this. If you have to pick one moment from this season so far, one moment, what, what has been your favorite? Uh, I would say there's been two for me personally. One was um, <clears throat> going to Gillette stadium and just being in that, that historic place, this immense, huge stadium and the feeling of, wow, this is, this is happening. And um and, and just watching a, a team and a brand created out of nothing. And it was, it was cool to like be the only people there. Um, and, and it was just, it was, it was a day I'll never forget. It was a special day. Um, there's no moments from the game that day that really stand out for me, but I just remember the, the feeling of accomplishment. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, we finally made it. Um, and the other moment is, is our, our home opener. And that was, that was such a special night to be there and see the field lay out East West. Like we had debated and planned and, you know, talked about fans in this section and what would that section be? And just being on the field uh, before the game and, and doing an interview and, and the fans and, and just people yelling down, thank you. Thank you. You know, thanks for bringing professional soccer to, to Omaha. And, um, and that was, that was a special night for me. And, and to win on top of that, uh, one nothing is the icing on the cake. And uh, I'll, never, uh, I'll never forget you know, those two nights, just like uh, on the baseball side. Like, there's certain moments that I won't forget that we had with the Storm Chasers. And, and, and you know, so if I could round out maybe my top four or five nights <laughs> ever at Warner Park, like there's, there's the soccer one. It's it's only it's only one game, but there have been a lot already, so it's been uh, it's been special. It's been great. So yeah, that opening night was pretty special. So to kind of change the gears just a slight bit here, Anya Gary. Um, everyone knows that you are the owner for not only Union Omaha, but for also the Storm Chasers and a couple of other. Um, you know minor league baseball teams but as we all know you are a huge fan of the Mets so what was your reaction to hearing that Steve Cohen had bought the Mets and uh not ending up being you 
so uh, yeah i'm a, i'm about uh i'm about uh two and a half billion dollars short of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh well first of all the, i uh fred and jeff wilpon are are friends and clients of mine and we've done the the cleaning work there since the stadium opened in 2009 and they've they've made us part of the of the mets family and i know i know they get a hard time in the new york press but um you know, being part of being part of that family, I'm I'm sad to 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 not be working for for them anymore. And I assume um, Steve Cohn is from my actually from my hometown. So looking forward to meeting him and uh, and working with them. And look, I mean, if you're any team where you have an owner of the team and he's got the deepest pockets in the entire country of any sports team, I mean, you got to be excited about that, especially in a city where. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the, what is the evil empire, the Yankees, uh, play. So yeah, I'm excited about that as a fan. Um, a little bummed, you know, not to work with, um, the Will Ponds anymore, but also I'm looking forward to working with Steve Cohn. That's awesome. I mean, so as we all know, if, if you're not a baseball fan, the Mets have kind of struggled a little bit in the last few seasons. Um, do you think with him being the ownership and kind of changing things around, do you see, you know, a timeline when you can finally have the Mets in the playoffs and potentially even getting to the World Series? Uh, no, absolutely. I'm a big fan of uh, of metrics and um, and and statistics, and um, and I think the Mets have have probably not done that enough as far as the players and signing the free agents. And you know, I, I love what what uh what theo epstein did with the red sox and the um and and the cubs i love what andrew friedman did with with the rays and now the dodgers and and i think i'd like to see just more of a statistical approach um and, and more where there's it's it's more based on uh, the metrics and crunching numbers than kind of the old school way of doing it of just hunches oh Pat, it sounds like you're trying to draw a comparison between the Mets and AC Milan, and I'm, I'm not going to let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, is AC Milan? Is AC Milan? Um, do they? Uh, they do a lot of. Uh, well, it's a lot of heartbreak. You know, metrics. It's a lot of heartbreak. It's, it's, oh, okay. it's a lot of heartbreak. We have, we have really slumped down, you know, since 2012 when we were last in the Champions League. So, I for every Mets fan out there, I feel your pain. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a difficult stretch but you know i i believe in the new ownership of ac milan if i can believe in them i can certainly you know believe in steve cohen what he's about to do <laughs> you know i i got to admit and i know you have uh soccer you know everybody's a soccer fan listening to this my european soccer game is is severely lacking and i need to do a better job in getting up to speed i i'm so focused on mls and uh and usl league one and, and champion like I'm the one guy who like I don't have time for a cha- European soccer. I'm so focused on the American soccer. <laughs> the the nice thing about European soccer is it's on early in the morning in the winter. So when you don't really feel like getting out of bed, you can just turn the TV on and there's something to watch. Like that, that exactly. And I, I want to go. I want to go to some European games. Obviously, I can't now. But yeah. When COVID's done, that's um. I would um want to go to London and just hit all those stadiums uh, in the area. It's they. It's a definitely a different experience, but a equally fascinating one is going to any of the sold out MLS games here. Uh, that kind of brings me into something I, I wanted to ask a little bit of the the ownership deal. 
Um, obviously, there's a large local ownership group that is partnered with you as co-owners of Union Omaha. And there's been, with COVID, sponsorship um, may have fallen off a little bit where versus where you would have liked it. Has, has sponsorship and local ownership interest like, grown as Union Omaha has been playing, as they've been seeing sold out games and it, the only game in town, literally? So um, I, I, it, interest, interest is higher, um, but, but, but quite honestly, if there was no COVID, uh, again, putting eight or 9,000 people, and I just see how much easier a sell it would be in the off season yeah. um, with that excitement, with that smoke, with, um, with, you know, section 100, with the standing drink rail, with Dan Houghton bringing, you know, 300 people from Builder Trend. It's just, it would be, it, it would, it would literally sell itself in the off season. Right. And, and that will happen once COVID breaks, but um, yeah, it'll be easier than last year. You know, la- last year people needed to see the product; they needed to understand the product a little better. And, and I feel like, and I feel like they they will now. So, um, look, it's a tough economic environment right now for everybody, and it's not the easiest time to sell sponsorships overall. But I I expect it will be easier, and I expect it to get easier every year. And that's what people who've been in this league, who have experience with this league, have have told us it's like the first year it it's tough going in and then it just gets easier and easier. So um, I think it would be easier this off season if COVID didn't happen, but it, it, it should be, uh, it'll, it'll be a better result uh, than last year, than last off season. You know, there's really, there hasn't, there hasn't been professional soccer in Omaha. So there was really nothing to compare it to. No. And I mean, even regionally at most you have sport in Kansas city, but they jumped in right at, 25 years ago at, at the major league soccer level. So nothing kind of that fits the the model of which you've been following. And as far as from a fan uh, fan standpoint, this is and look, been, been a lot. Yeah. And look at sporting, look at sporting. They didn't really take off till they built their own, their own soccer facility. They were really not that popular at the old um, stadium. Well, I, I mean, there, there's definitely something to be said about having a facility that, that's is purpose built. You know, there, there's a reason sure. baseball stadiums started happening instead of just your old civic stadiums that every city had. People started building separate baseball stadiums instead, uh, separate football stadiums, and eventually the U.S. is going to start seeing in every city a, a soccer stadium. But uh, obviously, in a first season, not not something we can we can expect uh, for for us at our level. Um, and not something we, we should be expecting. Never, from you COVID. never, never say never. But right now, yeah, we're focused on Warner Park. Never say All never. Right. And right now, Warner Park is much more a soccer stadium this season than a baseball stadium. And that, that turf looks amazing. Our, our, our staff has really turned it into a, a soccer stadium. And, and it's, uh, they've done a great job. I, I've played some pickup on it um, where we, we've rented out the field. And, and it, it is a fun play. Um, definitely enjoy it, and it it feels it feels soccer even without the walls. There, it feels like a soccer pitch, uh, which is yeah, really and, great. Yeah, and 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 you're right about the cities that you know that that they they have the teams and the teams kind of galvanize the cities and and um and that's what that's what we're looking to do. We're mm-hmm. looking to do here. We're looking to to bring 
you know, everybody from all different demog- demographics, from all different parts of Omaha and who love the game and kind of make this the meeting place for Omaha, the way Creighton basketball is a meeting place in the winter. We want this to be the meeting place in, in the spring and the summer and a little bit in the fall mm-hmm. for Omaha so that we get, we get folks from South, from West, um, you know, and, and downtown Omaha and, and all parts and soccer being the world's game, you know, we, we feel like we're in a great spot with our great fans to do that. Oh, it, you definitely have, have done great work. I, I think just the last, last thing I want to drag out of you today, uh, you know, might be kicking or screaming, but the three things you want the club to improve on for next season. Uh, the three things I want the club to improve on. I need to say that. Make sure I don't offend anybody, right? Oh, I mean, you, you can offend all you want. We're... Uh, <laughs> hold on. Let me, let me think about that. Hold on one second. Let me think about that. Um, the three things I want to improve on. Well, I want to, I want to have more than 3,000 fans per game. I, I can hardly agree with that. <laughs> Yeah, I want to have more than 3,000 fans a game. Um, let me think. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see. I want to have a presenting jersey sponsor. I want to have um, you know, a, a corporation to put their name on there. I love what we did this year in the midst of COVID. I'm, it's something I'm very proud of. But uh, next year, I want, to, I want to see a company who really benefits from the following of our fans. And then I want to see the fans show up for that company and whether it's a consumer product or a B2B product. Um, I know I've studied the numbers of what brand recognition means for, for soccer fans. And it's a very powerful full pull. Well, I, I think um, even this, so, yeah. this year you've seen that with, uh, with your partners in there in the watch parties, you know, I'd never been to corner kick before and I'd never been to a polka before Union Omaha. And now I have a hard time figuring out which one has the best tacos and it just ends up where I'm closer at that day. And if, cause yeah. there, there's rarely a time I'm not craving some tacos. <laughs> well, the, the, the chicken wings at corner kick are the best. Ooh. Love those <laughs> better than any I've had. So <laughs> I just a little plug for them. I didn't get paid for that. All right, all right. <laughs> and, uh, and you know what? I mean, look, this is this is on our on our soccer guys, but I I love that you know to have more local talent um, come on and, and make the team and and um and the open tryouts. I think that's that's the fun part about professional local soccer team, and, and that would be great. But um, you know, so I think I think that would and I and I want I just want our fans to show up and be comfortable and healthy mm-hmm. and and just feel comfortable showing up and and I, I i i said this before i traveled around the country looking at american soccer and meeting with the ownership groups and and i know i know the vibe and i know the energy and i know the feeling that <clears throat> that um that i wanted to create at warner park and i know that like we have the seeds right now the seeds have been planted and i know it's going to happen and when it happened, it's going to be, uh, I don't know if I can curse on it. It's going to be f-ing nuts. <laughs> well, uh, let's just, let's just, let's just get there and let's just, you know, do as well as we can get through this COVID situation. But I'm pumped to see 
you know, once the smoke from uh, uh, goes from COVID, I'm, I'm psyched to see uh, what this city can do, what this organization can do and come out in full force for this, for this team. I, I can promise you, Gary, who gives a hoot is going to put its top men on creating a vaccine for COVID. Just, <laughs> just, we're going to put our top men on that. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. Hey, look, the Nebraska, you know, health, Nebraska hospitals are uh, they've been doing great work. part of all this. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and again, kudos to our guys for for doing keeping by the rules and, and not breaking the rules and yeah. not getting covid and, and being healthy. And I'm a, I'm excited for that. I'm excited. I, I'm doing my first um, my first road trip I'm, on Saturday. I'm going to be in the team bus and go to Milwaukee with the team and and go see the game and uh, looking forward to that. Got to get, got to get COVID tested on, on, on October, the, October 5th, get, uh, get COVID tested and then ride the team bus the following Saturday. Well, I, I'm excited because that that's a away game. I'm hoping to be able to make do the road trip up, um, see, see some fellow league one podcasters and you now see our boys uh, navigate the lines up there in Wauwatosa and, get us three points. All right. Well, let me say this, whatever, whoever fans are here and who's ever listening, um, beers are on me that game. If you make it to Milwaukee, okay? <laughs> all game. All right. You can cut everything else, but don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I got one last question for you, Gary. So as, as you know, as a sports fan yourself, one of the big traditions of going to a sports game, whether it be basketball, baseball, soccer, hockey, there's always some sort of halftime entertainment. Now, obviously with COVID this year, we weren't able to provide that entertainment value, but hopefully next season, if that restriction gets lifted, what is the one halftime entertainment you would like to bring to Union Omaha? Ah, geez. Okay. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know because – if I like it, if I become all of a sudden I put on my minor league baseball hat and like I don't want to offend the soccer fans, so I, I leave it to the soccer people to come up with something great and 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 witty and and um and that keeps people focused. But I don't know, maybe a bunch of little kids running around playing a soccer game on half the field. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I I love the the little kids out there, the media games. I, you know, all of those 15 minute, 15 minute games where, you know, you get people, either little kids making their dreams come true of playing soccer on a professional pitch or a bunch of overweight, out of shape guys, uh, you know, really getting winded and ma- having everybody laugh at them. It's, either way, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, when I go to, um, when I go to the game in Milwaukee and I go to the game in Greenville, take a look. But then again, nobody could do anything because of COVID. So there's really nothing. Yeah, to exactly. Exactly. In the right. games that I went to last summer, I don't remember any great things that I saw. So maybe soccer fans just don't care. They just want to see the game and they want to get their food at halftime. They don't care. With, I don't know. Breaks, it's get, get your beer, get your food. You know, sometimes that matters, but I have it always creating that, that constantly energized environment. So very good. Yep. 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 We just don't want to be too gimmicky. Exactly. Gimmicky and, and what works for minor league baseball um, doesn't necessarily work for soccer. And what works for mm-hmm. soccer doesn't work for baseball. We've been very, very careful and very diligent in recognizing that and not 
you know, not just keeping both experiences authentic. Now, Gary, you've given us plenty of your time tonight and we really appreciate it. Um, we're, we're looking forward to seeing you on Saturday against Richmond. That's going to be a third. We're currently sitting in fourth on the table. They're sitting in third. So it's going to be a very hotly contested game. Hopefully you, uh, you bring your luck back with you. And uh, yeah, th- thanks for coming on uh, yet again. Thanks for having me guys. Always happy to come and, uh, and talk. So uh, you have a good night, stay safe and look forward to seeing you Saturday night. 